Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. On today's episode, Joy and I talked with Diane Mills. Diane is the author of many Tyndale books, including her latest, which is called Deep Extraction. It's part of her FBI Task Force series. We talked to Diane about her writing process and how she has an in at the FBI Houston office where she gets a lot of her research done for her books, so that gives her books an authentic, real-life portrayal of these law enforcement officials. We also talked to her about how she likes to mentor new writers and her unique writing habits, which may or may not involve a treadmill. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want to learn more about Diane, you can visit her website, dianemills.com, and find her books anywhere books are sold. Diane, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Uh, You've written many, many books and many with Tyndale. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, can you take us back and tell us what started you along this path to become a writer? My husband dared me. (laughs) (laughs) It was back in uh, spring of 96. Remember, it was May. And I must have made a statement, don't even remember what it was, but he said, stop telling me that someday you're going to write a book. Uh, Just do it. Uh, Quit your job. I'll give you a year. And if you can get anything published, I don't care if you don't get paid for it, then just keep right on writing. And, you know, they say dynamite comes in small packages. (laughs) And I tend to be a bit stubborn anyway. And so I said, okay, I will. And uh, I looked at it like a full-time job. Uh, I tend to be very scheduled, probably OCD on it, but that's okay. (laughs) And so I looked at it as, okay, this is my new job. I'm going to write this many words a day. And at that time, it was this tremendous amount of 500. And I started reading the how-to books. finding things online that were instructional. Uh, I formed a writer's group. I told you I was OCD. (laughs) And uh, put out the money for good conferences uh, in which I knew that the instructors uh, had done their their due and were published and well-known, and I, I figured they would have good things to teach. And so that was in May of 96, and in September of 98, my first book came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know if husband ever regretted it, (laughs) but uh, I've never gone back to uh, a day job. Wow, Diane, that is so neat. I think you... You touch on a good point that sometimes we just need encouragement. We need someone to keep us accountable and say, you can do this. You are very capable. And I'm wondering, what was your first genre that you wrote in, and how has your preference developed? Uh, It was a little historical romance that um, was in a barber book club. And Every month they put, they had put out a uh, historical and a contemporary. So I started with a historical. Now I call them hystericals. Uh, um, but, uh, and I wrote for them historicals and contemporary, but I realized what really fascinated me was suspense. And so I just moved in uh, that area gradually 
And uh, yes, I do like a good historical, but I also want it suspenseful. And uh, uh, that's where I have moved to. I love uh, contemporary romantic suspense. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I love to read. That's what I love to write. Mm-hmm. And your, your series with, uh, you've had several series with Tyndale, and they've mainly focused on FBI, FBI <laughs> agents. My wife particularly likes... Um, I forget which series, I think it's the first series where the main character's name is Megan, that's her name, and it's spelled the same, so she was really excited about that. What led you towards this sort of FBI and um, investigative and that type of suspense? Well, um, I am the type of person that I either have to do it myself so that my character can experience honest emotions and and things of that nature or I've got to talk to somebody who does and uh, I have done some crazy things in the past like gone to southern Sudan to research a couple of novels and nonfiction what I was thinking I don't know Uh, uh, with Tyndale I've ridden the line with the border patrol in um, McAllen Texas and uh, I've done some other things. I've talked to Secret Service and tried with the CIA, but didn't get anywhere <laughs> off. Uh, but I decided, okay, I want a heroine who is uh, an FBI special agent. So I called Houston's FBI and, the, and asked for the um, media coordinator. And that's what I recommend for anyone is to get to that person because their job is to make sure that the community not only has correct information about them but that they can partner together Mm. and uh, anyway we hit it off I went to her office and I got the clearance you know all of that that good stuff and that first book we did together we just had a great time and she's always given me ideas like cold cases or why don't you write this story or what about that story and uh, actually this has been an incredible uh, partnership alliance friendship because she reads every word and that makes sure that I don't get the emails that say where did you do your research you know (laughs) And uh, I don't get those, and it's because they read every word and make sure that um, I I give the reader the proper information. And uh, all they ever ask for uh, are two books signed to them. <laughs> and I know the uh, the SAC, the the uh, director Turner uh, at uh, Houston's FBI. I know he has two of my books on his little table in his oh. office. Now I haven't seen them, but <laughs> If I'm ever in his office, I'm taking that picture and it's going all over um, <laughs> social media. Uh, but that's how I've done it. And she has introduced me to bomb specialists. Uh, my latest was a hostage negotiator for a book I'm writing now. Um, whatever I have needed, they have gotten for me. Uh, because, as I said, it's part of their mission statement to make sure that. Uh, to protect and keep us all safe, everybody needs to be involved. And um, so, anyway, it's been really fun. Uh, I've taken their, uh, you didn't ask for this, but I've taken their uh, Citizens Academy uh, class. 
and am a part of that organization, uh, which in turn is still about uh, creating that community uh, atmosphere in my little world so that um, uh, so that the public doesn't think that the FBI is like uh, the, some of the movies we see that says, all right, I'm in charge, you can take off. And, <laughs> and that's not the situation at, at all. So I probably told you more than what you needed, but anyway, I get going. I don't know when to quit. <laughs> well, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent myself, but this uh, on two, Thursday mornings, which is today for people who are listening to this later, um, Tyndale has a chapel service, and we just heard from a group of employees who went on a missions trip uh, on this ship that was in the Caribbean. They go around to different ports and have a book fair to these different cities, and they were in Trinidad in Tobago, and they showed a vi video of the bookstore manager on this ship, and over his shoulder I could see two of your books. So mm -hmm. your books are not only in the FBI's office, but they're all over the world, in the Caribbean and Europe, and so... Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think my head just exploded. <laughs> well, trying to be humble, of course. Wow, that's incredible. If I, if, if I can, I'll try to get a picture and send it to you. Yes. I was going to ask you that, but didn't know if I was imposing. But yes, if you can get a picture, <laughs> I'd love it. Yes, yes. So, Diane, you recently came out with Deep Extraction. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an installment in one of your series. So, can you share with us about that series in particular? Okay, that is from the FBI Task Force series, and I touched on that earlier. Uh, the FBI partners with law enforcement, government agencies, um, those uh, investigative or health or other organizations that need the FBI's help. And if you go to FBI.gov, they will give you a whole list of everything that they investigate. And in this partnership, uh, sometimes the FBI uh, reaches out to another organization and says, we need your help, let's work together, or the other way around, like uh, HPD, Houston Police Department. Let's say that they have something going on and they need the skills of the FBI. Then they work together. So the first book in the series was um, Deadly Encounter, and that was the FBI and the Health Department uh, and the uh, LRN lab, um, the laboratory network that is uh, that helps different organizations uh, around the country uh, seek out uh, health and disease and things of that nature uh, and get those rectified. But deep extraction is, um, and, and this is kind of fun, I never have a favorite book except maybe the one who's just, that's just released, <laughs> and then it's my, you know, it's my baby and I'm sending it off to school and hope that it performs well. But my idea was, um, what if I had a female uh, special agent who worked violent uh, crime and she was called in to investigate a murder case and it happened to be uh, a case in which this um, this wealthy oil man, which Houston does have in good times and bad times, there was always the, the good guys, <laughs> but um, he had uh, a reputation of being charitable and the epitome of a role model for other businessmen and the best husband and the best father 
And the more she investigates this case, the more she finds, ooh, this is not so. So put that alongside the fact that the widow is her best friend. And uh, the uh, FBI calls in uh, a U.S. Marshal who was also a friend of the deceased, and they have to work together and overcome the fact this guy was our friend and we never even knew him. And the more they uncover, the more they find um, persons of interest who could have killed him. <laughs> so I had a great time. I interviewed, uh, he's sort of like a media coordinator of the U.S. Texas Marshall Group. Um, he was hilarious. Uh, oh, he was hilarious. He gave me a lot of lines that I used in the book about, well, you know, the FBI has their training, but we have the gladiator school. <laughs> and, um, and they sort of um, are a little more daring maybe stretch things just a little bit uh, farther. And I think most people think that uh, U.S. Marshals basically protect judges, uh, sometimes witnesses uh, who may be threatened and things of this nature, but they do other things too. So that allowed me to uh, pull the two in together. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a really, really good time writing that <laughs> novel and researching it. Mm -hmm. Do you usually, um, I, I know you've said you um, talk with the Houston FBI office, do you usually set your novels in Texas? Yeah, and um, the last several have been in Houston, and there's a whole lot of reasons. You know, it's my city. Right. We are the fourth, fourth largest city in the nation, and in 2018, we're going to take over Chicago's spot. Wow. Um, we're already the most diversified city. Mm -hmm. And so we have this huge melting pot mm -hmm. of all types of people and languages, and uh, as far as, as faith and evangelism, you know, there's churches all over with with unique uh, people who speak a unique language. Uh, but I love Houston, it's spread out all over, and it allows me to do the research that I need, and because of the size and the people, I don't run out of um, ideas. Hmm. Yeah. Not yet. Do you ever sprinkle in little references that only Texans or Houston people would, would get? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'll have an editor that says, what? <laughs> and I said, that's colloquial. That is Texan. Um, yeah, I, I, I like doing that. Mm -hmm. it, it's my little, it is my little um, way for readers who are Texans to, to get it. Mm -hmm. Or I've been to that spot. <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Uh-huh. Now, Diane, with all of your experience, and based on what I've read on your website, how do you pour into other writers? How do you mentor people? How do you use what you do to encourage them? First of all, I'm selective because I only want to mentor a serious writer. There are lots of people who say, oh, I want to write a book and I have this great idea. But those same people may say, oh, 
I think I'd like to all open a bookstore or I think I'll go into real estate. I actually <laughs> want the person who has uh, thought through this, prayed through this and feels this is the direction they're going. And so when I mentor them, um, I first want a sample of their writing so that I know what their strengths are and I can compliment them on their strengths. And then I want to look on the areas that could be strengthened and could be improved so we can take those weaknesses and make them strengths, much like the goal of a in writing a protagonist to take their weaknesses and make them their strengths. And so usually I offer uh, a series of six one-on-one -on -one classes, usually through Zime, uh, Zoom, sometimes uh, Skype, in which I can see them so I know if what I'm saying resonates, makes them mad. Um, I don't want to make them mad, but you know, sometimes we creative people are, are kind of weird. Um, I'll admit that. And uh, that way I have that connection that if I find they need to be prayed with, we can pray together. If we need to do line by line edits so that they understand what we're doing, then we, uh, then we do that. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoy that simply because it's an opportunity for me to help someone in uh, in a ministry, and that's the way I look at what I do anyway as a ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's someone who has who thinks they may want to pursue writing, maybe they're not to that part, the point where they're totally serious about it yet. What advice would you have to somebody who's who thinks they want to become a writer? Where should they start? What should they start thinking about? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, my first. Uh, suggestion, recommendation, uh, of course, is prayer. I'm very serious about that. Read in the genre that you want to write. Um, there's no point in having a favorite genre and then thinking that you will write in another. We have to have passion. And I think passion is, is a word that um, we often see overused but what I'm meaning is the real uh, definition of passion, which is you are willing to suffer and to sacrifice to reach uh, a worthy goal. And that worthy goal is writing something that is publishable. So it would be to read, to write every day. Um, I would recommend the things that I did right from the start, and that is Find out the, the blogs that are the best for writing. That doesn't cost you any money. Um, start thinking about your social media platform because writers today have to do both. Mm -hmm. And even though writers don't understand that many times, if we are going to be serious about our ministry, we have to reach the masses. And in today's world, that's social media. Uh, uh, write every day, read every day, pray. Uh, work on building that craft. We have to write a bazillion words before we get one right. Uh, oh my goodness, how many times does it take me to get a book right? Uh, and so we have to be prepared for that, to have the passion and then to follow through with what passion means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really well said. I think you can apply passion to really whatever vocation you have. And I yes. think writing is... Uh, 
it's necessary for writing because it's so connected to your can be connected to your personal life, your emotions. Even if you're not, it's not about you, it's not an autobiography, you're still writing yourself in some way into mm -hmm. the characters and the, into the story. So I'm sure it takes a lot of reflection and um, purpose. Ab absolutely, and it's solitary. Mm -hmm. uh, most writers are introverted. Um, uh, we can do what's necessary and be on stage and and speak and teach and do those things but it takes us a while to recover afterwards always say after a conference don't talk to me for three days because i've got to recoup um but with that introverted somewhat melancholy personality we look at life just a little differently a little standing on our head and focusing and that process is solitary you know, I often think God is standing right behind me and he's either laughing or maybe that's not so good. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's sort of a trinity. It's you, the computer, and God. And, um, it, and so you've got to be prepared for the down and alone times to, to create. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I realize that creativity takes space. I was listening to a podcast that talked about adding in white space to your life, adding in margin. And when we push ourselves, we, we uh, become cognitively fatigued. And when you're in that place, you can't come up with your best ideas and the work becomes harder. So I think what, you, what you've alluded to is having a very disciplined, uh, focused career. Yes. And that's really how you advance. Yes, and it is. Um... Uh, granted, I love people and I'm writing for people, but I love the process of twisting a phrase, a word, no, not that character, you know, that, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And uh, that inspires me. That mm -hmm. makes me excited about the story and the process mm -hmm. that the first draft stinks. So, <laughs> you know, let's get back in there and, and make mm -hmm. this um, a better story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing I always like to ask uh, writers, especially novel writers, is about your process. Um, mm -hmm. I know you, you mentioned talking with uh, the FBI and getting stories. Do you like to start with a story idea and kind of um, figure out what themes you want to add? Or do you start with the themes and try to fit stories into that? I, or maybe something completely different? It <laughs> is... Um, it is a mixture of both. Uh, for example, uh, the best example I can say is the book that's coming out third because it is exactly my process. For years, my friend at the FBI kept saying, you need to write this story that happened in New York and place it in Houston. And, um, while she explained what happened, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, but who would my characters be with that theme? Mm -hmm. I am very character-oriented. Mm -hmm. um, we call that organic writing, I believe. <laughs> when, when the character maps out where they're going. So while a single premise a single idea may come from uh, you know my fbi friend or movie or news or something 
I still cannot do anything with it until I figure out what kind of a character could step into that role, be the only character who could fill that role, and what do they have to learn. So it is a thought process, more character driven than theme because of the way I think and the way I the way I process. Mm -hmm. So I do lots of things. I have um, I have an eight, maybe nine pages now character sketch. Mm -hmm. And even though uh, I'm 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 organic, as I say, I have to know who these characters are. Right. I right. want their backstory. Um, if I was writing a story about Adam, <laughs> I would ask him, okay, so what influenced you from the time you were born to age 12 that has you doing this interview today? And this interview today is chapter one, line one of your story. Mm -hmm. And I would do that in increments on up to, okay, a year before the story opens, six months, six weeks. 24 hours, one hour, wow. 10 minutes before the story opens, what's going on with you? Wow. And that just helps me make friends with that character, mm -hmm. understanding that the more I write about them, the more I'm going to know. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. I get kind of excited about character because there's so many of us. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's like by the time you end a novel, it's there's some of your best friends, I'm sure. You're spending so much yeah. time crafting them, having them converse with each other, developing them. And it sounds like, Diane, from what you've talked about through your character development and then also mentorship, you enjoy developing people. And you get a lot yes. of joy out of seeing someone start at point A and migrate to point B. And um, obviously, that's all a work of the Lord. You know, he's the agent of change, but we can participate in that story, and that's really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I I get excited about <laughs> yeah. what I do, obviously. I have one more question about your process, and okay. you brought this upon yourself, so just to <laughs> warn you, I, uh, on your website and your bio, you have five quick facts, and it says that your favorite place to write is the treadmill, and I'm just wondering, how does that work logistically? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I probably should have been a farmer, but anyway, <laughs> I'm an early to rise and sort of fade, you know, after 8, 39 o'clock, but um, there are a few things that I am very determined about. My writing, uh, my physical, mental, spiritual, uh, continued development, <laughs> continuous development. So when I wake at five or a little before, first thing I want is uh, I want my marching orders from God. I want to start that day off right. Mm -hmm. And then I take my computer and I get on my treadmill. Now, um, it has a little spot, you know, where normally people put books and magazines that mm -hmm. fits. I have a pair of gloves that have uh, this gel cushiony stuff so you don't destroy your hands. And so I can get in about five miles or so uh, between 5.30 and 7.30. And that's when I create. Um, I only do a number three. Uh, number four is and up is more of I'm reading, 
but while I'm writing, it's just a number three. It's not really big, but it adds up the miles. The um, the neurons start firing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's good for mental uh, and spiritual. I mean, it's just good for everything. And plus the fact I can keep my body in shape. And um, <laughs> so I lose track of walking and concentrate on what I'm writing. And so my best writing of the day, it's in that two hour, 5.30 to 7.30. I mean, after breakfast and getting cleaned up and all of that, I'll go back till noon to make sure I have my word count in. But my best writing is right then. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's a combination of what the walking is doing to my brain, because I'm not 30 anymore. Never mind what uh, where I am, but trust me, I'm not there. And um, uh, and the the way God has wired me to be a morning person and be the most creative then. So when I hear husband grinding the coffee beans at seven thirty, and the tummy's rumbling, yes, it's time to. <laughs> That's so now, neat, Diane. Have you ever, this is a weird question, but have you ever written a scene where a character is on a treadmill while you're on the treadmill? <laughs> you know what? I had a, I had a writer. It was, a, it was in a book, and it was, uh, she was a writer, but she was doing her exercise thing and took a phone call on the treadmill. That was the only thing I've ever done um, like that. But like Joy said, it is very easy to put yourself into a character. And uh, as many books as I've written, I still have to, you know, hold in the reins on that. This is not me. This is this person. And they're not going to react and respond the way I do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I love it, Diane. I'm a morning person too. I love my exercise. I find that, you know, they, uh, I don't have my facts on this, but when you're working out or exercising, you remember things better, actually. That's why, you know, the thoughts that you think when you're on a run or the music you listen to or the podcast, it's very, it's important to be wise with how you spend your time when you're in motion. So I just think it's a great, great thing to do in your double. Um, you're multitasking, you know, getting workout in, doing writing, all before 7.30. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and watch the sun eventually yeah. come up. Yes. Yeah. Well, Diane, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you. If, if our listeners would like to learn more, where can they visit you online? Uh, DianeMills.com. And uh, right on the front page of my uh, website, you can connect with me, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, Goodreads, and you can also uh, contact me uh, email-wise, Diane, D-I-A-N-N, at dianemills.com, and you can do that via my website, too. And I love to hear from you. I do respond. Um, I have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to that's for readers, not for writers, but for readers. And so some of my uh, behavior comes out in those, uh, in those weekly blogs, too. But I love to hear from readers. That's who I'm writing for. Yeah, awesome. that's wonderful. And everyone who's listening should go out and check, check out the FBI Task Force series. And you'll have an, a third book, I believe, next year. Yes, yeah, yes. it's called spring. High Treason. And that's in the spring, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. And you can find your books anywhere books are sold. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Diane. We appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate this. I had fun. You let me talk about what I love the most. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.